Welcome to the Journey to Christ podcast. This is the very first episode ever. And I've recorded the same stupid podcast like three times. As you can already tell, this is going to be a very honest and open podcast. I want to try and show maybe my journey towards Christ, what I've gone through, my story, go over like the scriptures and other prophets, and what they've had to do on their journey towards him. And if there's one thing I know right now, it's that I'm not perfect. I've <laughs> burned so many bridges, done stupid things, and yet I'm here at my table recording this podcast. And I think it's because despite all of my imperfections and the things that I've gone through, I know that Christ is my foundation, my cornerstone, and that's through him, making him the priority in my life, I'm able to see clearly every other area. Like, I really do believe if you put Christ first before your career or before dating or friendships or even you, then you'll see him bless that area of your life in a way that you can't even imagine. So he really is, I think, the source of all true happiness and strength and power. As we trust in him, we can see that clearly. It's like evidence, like that was him. And without his intervention or assistance in this portion of my life, there's no way I could have done that. And my life was full of tons of those kinds of experiences. And this is really like just a journey of me too, because I've seen in my life all these imperfections and things I'm working on and character defects. And I want to try and process that through the light of Jesus Christ and his healing atonement to fix things and improve character traits and our love towards people. So that being said, that's kind of a long introduction. Sorry. I am Matt. I'm 23. And right now I'm living in Arizona, which is freaking hot. But I was over in Idaho for a year and there was black ice everywhere. So I am now very grateful to be burning alive because for me that beats your car skidding off the street and like it hydroplaning. So can't complain too much. And I was over in Idaho for school. I've actually now completed my bachelor's degree for business. And it's kind of a weird state now because I'm like, where am I going now in my life? Because before I had always different like milestones, like, oh, when you're 18, you'll serve a mission. Oh, to clarify, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. So basically I served for two years in Ohio. I came back and I went to school, and now I finished my bachelor's degree, and now I'm like trying to like get into the financial space. I want to be a financial advisor. Basically, what they do is help people make smart choices with their finances, so I could be with their retirement, insurance stuff, um, different stocks, investments to go into. They're really just like helping you make good choices, <laughs> and. I love people and 
like the idea of controlling my future and money and where it's going. So let's be have like a good career option for me. But I'll update you guys on my journey towards that and other. I'm just be very open on this podcast and just talk about my life and what I'm going through. Because I feel like lately, I realize I have all these walls and things I don't talk about, and I need to try and share my journey of like what I'm trying to do. Anyway, today I want to talk about Moses. I think sometimes we only focus on the burning bush or how he parted the Red Sea or how he broke like the tablets. We don't go into his actual story of like who he was and how we can apply that and ask ourselves the right questions to help us in our journey towards Christ. So starting things off, I wanted to go somewhere kind of weird. Like the kind of weird where you wouldn't go and preach to some (laughs) congregation or be like a pastor. Like you wouldn't go towards like a sacrament meeting and say, hey guys, here's my my spiritual thought for the day. But I, I think sometimes weird is okay in the context of learning. So anyway, this is in Exodus 4 and it's 24 through 26 for the verses. I give some background. Basically, Moses was for, forgot to circumcise their son. And because of this, God was angry with Moses and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah, who was the wife of Moses, <laughs> grabbed this sharp stone and she personally circumcised their son for Moses. And then verse 26 says, And the Lord spared Moses and let him go, because Zipporah, his wife, circumcised the child. And she said, Thou art a bloody husband. And Moses was ashamed and hid his face from the Lord and said, I have sinned before the Lord. I didn't think, wow, that's a lot to unpack. And first of all, I didn't even know that was in the scriptures. Like, I was going through this, I was like doing like a second check, like, wait, that's actually in the story of Moses? I think for a few reasons, because number one, it shows that Moses wasn't perfect. He was human just like we are and like ashamed and things weren't always perfect. Like he had his wife angry at him. He had God angry at him. He was ashamed, but yet he became this great prophet to help save his people. I feel like this is almost like the book of life for Moses and in the same kind of way, We have our own book of life and our own verses and our own story. And sometimes we have portions of our story or our verses that aren't that pretty, that aren't good for a sacrament talk, that are kind of awkward and weird, but it's still part of us. And it helps us become the kind of person that wanted to serve God and be his disciple. And this is like the first example of Moses. And then continuing, I think Moses was just like human, just like we are. He was sent on this crazy mission to freeze, and I just said freeze, <laughs> to free the Israelites. And he was worried because he was talking to the burning bush and God commanded him to go free the Israelites. 
And then Moses tells God, hey, I've got the speech impediments. I stutter and I can't do this. And then God responds, who hath made man's mouth or who maketh the deaf or dumb or the seen or the blind hath not I of a Lord. Now therefore go and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. That to me is amazing because we all have our own story of why, why we can't make it, how we have this illness or impediment or personality defect or we're just this way. Whereas God almost asks us to take all those reservations and those insecurities and give them unto him because he is the source of all strength and power and happiness. And he, he can take our darkness and make it something beautiful. And I think too, like how often do we question God? Like Moses in this context, he told all this to God after he had already seen all the signs. He had dropped his rod and it became a serpent in front of his eyes. And yet he still chose to question the wisdom and the power of God. And like how often in our own lives do we have all these blessings and all these miracles and blessings from God and we still choose to question him. We almost take our ceiling and our limitations in our box and we place God in this box and we tell him, hey, you can do whatever you want as long as it's in this box and it's scoped out. Like you're great and powerful and all, but you know, keep it to yourself. And how offensive do make the power of God limited towards what we understand him? Which is why I think the more that we understand and we study God, the more that we can like understand his actual power, what he can do for us in our life. And going along with this idea of the power of God, so... When Moses was commanded to free the people from Pharaoh, he went unto Pharaoh and he showed him all these signs to prove to him that it was God that sent him. So for example, for the first one, he turned his rod into a serpent in front of Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh had all these like magicians and they would try and like replicate his wonders and to almost look Moses look stupid. So in this context, they also turned their rods into serpents, but then the serpent of Moses swallowed up all of their serpents. And that alone shows the power of God is greater than the power of the devil. But it continues because then Moses turns the river into blood and then, and then the magicians do the exact same thing and then Moses sends frogs all throughout the land and they do the exact same thing. But when Moses sends lice upon the beasts and man, it says in Exodus 4.11. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I'm a little lost here. I'm trying to find it. My bad. Sorry, this is in Exodus 8, 18 through 19. 
and says that when they tried to do this exact same thing for the lice, that they could not. And they said, this is the finger of God. And maybe think about how sometimes we think that the people who don't worship God or are wicked fare better in this life. They have more riches, their grass is greener, they have better friends, whatever. But at some point, the power and blessings and magnitude of God are way more vast than Satan will ever be able to do. There are some blessings in our life that only God can give us, and there are some perks that only God can bestow, but it's being patient because it takes time. It takes us trusting in Him to see where things are going to go. I think in the same lesson of being patient, Moses could feel like a failure because in the beginning of his story, the first time he went to Pharaoh and commanded him to let his, his people go, Pharaoh responds by making actually the slavery and the taskmasters worse. So he tells the people, the Israelites, to start grabbing their own straw. And so one might have thought that Moses made things worse for the, the Israelites, that the work was harder. And people probably have thought, dang, like, aren't you some prophet? You made our lives worse. Like, what kind of God do you have that makes our afflictions more hardened? And I think it's just being patient because in our own lives, we might feel like when we chose to follow Christ, our life got worse. People started to hate us more. But as we wait on the timetable of the Lord, He will show us that everything will work out in the end. And continuing, it's hard to segue over and over again by myself, but I'm doing my best. Continuing with the atonement. So Moses gave all these signs from plague being on the earth to locusts being sent out in the field. And then for the very final curse he was supposed to kill all the firstborn in the entire land with this like massive curse. And then he told the Israelites, if you take a firstborn lamb and then have its blood on your doorstep, I think it's called doorpost actually, on your doorpost and spread its blood all over there, you'll be saved. And it's kind of interesting for me because for the previous curses, like the locusts or the frogs or the plagues, God just said, hey, it'll only be in the land of the Egyptians. You guys are fine. Don't worry about it. And they're like off the hook. This is the very first time where they had to actually do something to be saved. I think why? Like why couldn't God have just been like, hey, don't worry about it. The cursing of the firstborn being killed won't happen to you. You're fine. This time he tells them to take the blood of a lamb and spread it. And he actually gives the answer to this in Exodus 12, verse 25. And he says, or I'll actually start in verse 24. And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. 
So he basically is saying, I want you to remember this, not just for today, but forever, and to like your posterity and to your sons. And then he says in verse 25, and it shall come to pass when you be when you become to the land which the Lord will give you, according as he hath promised you, that you shall keep this service. And obviously we know that the service in the future is the atonement. And it's through the blood of Christ that we are saved. In this context, it's the blood of the Lamb that saves them from the destroyer from their children. And I thought, huh, he wants us to remember this. And that comes through the Passover, where every year they celebrate this amazing miracle. But I thought about that question of that you shall keep this service. And then I thought, how do we keep the service of the atonement in our own lives? Like, what is our token of gratitude towards the Savior for saving us from our sins and our destruction and being able to be resurrected and go through this life happy and clean? Because it's an amazing miracle. And in this context, God was telling them, hey, I want you to tell your sons, like, there was this one time that we were about to be like destroyed, but we were saved from God. And how often do we tell our children or our friends, like, bro, I was saved by Christ from the atonement or through the atonement for my sins. And I'm just so thankful. Like, sometimes I think we view the atonement of Jesus Christ like this abstract thing that happened forever ago and that isn't really part of our lives. But that question of how do we keep the service? How do we thank the Lord for this amazing blessing that he's given us? in this way? That's a question maybe to consider. And then, I don't know, I think it's easy to trash on Pharaoh, and maybe we have every right to do so, because Moses would do this amazing miracle, and then, for example, like the locusts, Pharaoh would then say, okay, you guys can leave, <laughs> go worship, you got it. And then because of this, the locusts would all go away. And Pharaoh, when he saw this, would be like, okay, actually, never mind. <laughs> it was almost like this feeling of, as long as I'm comfortable and there's no plagues or curses, then I won't keep my word. And it's easy to trash on Pharaoh and be like, dang, like, how could you do this? But then think about like, our own lives, and, like, how often do we have all these blessings and miracles and tender mercies from the Lord. And then when he takes away our hardships and life becomes a little bit easier and more manageable, we then decide, you know what, actually, life is good now. I won't actually pray to you, read up the scriptures. And it's so easy to have this mindset of only turning to God when things become hard in our life. Opposed to this philosophy that I love God and I want to be with him and show him that I am there and I'm his true like, disciple. So the question is, how often do we break promises to the Lord and not show him the reverence that he deserves from us? So maybe just consider that. I think to end, I really love this verse. I'll end on this note. This is Exodus 14, 14. 
and says, The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. I love this, how it applies to every area of our life. Whatever you're going through, the Lord will fight for you. But he won't do that if we don't serve him, we don't trust him, we don't give him all of us. But I have seen in my own life, time and time again, how the Savior has been through everything with me and helped me to go through really hard times. But, I would, but I've been able to look back and see, wow, that was God walking with me and helping me to get through this thing. And I know that for Moses, it was the same thing. He took a person who couldn't even really talk, made him this great leader, helped free this people from the slavery. And I know that in our own lives, that God can take our weaknesses and our imperfections and our own stories that we run our heads over and over again and transform us into the people that were meant to be for him. But thank you all for tuning in and hearing me ramble. I hope you guys have a great day.